What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a wonderful week so far. This is the last podcast before Christmas, which is exciting. Um, and it's a good one. Burns. Burns has been around for many years. Um, he is producer, DJ, pop writer, makes amazing club records, makes amazing pop records, has worked with Lady Gaga, ASAP Rocky, Calvin Harris, um, some of the biggest names in, in the world. Um, he's also recently released a record called Talamanca, which is absolutely blowing up on the club scene and also radio here in the UK. Um, we've been in touch for probably about four months now, just talking on Instagram, and I thought I'd get him on. Um, great conversation, super nice guy. Uh, so without further ado, and oh, we're live. Yeah, we're live. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How's things? Good. Thanks for coming on. It's good to meet you as well. This is the first time we've actually ever spoken in person. I know, right? Well, over the, yeah, over, over the internet. It's good to finally uh, uh, have a kind of half in-person chat. I know, right? <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. Whereabouts in the world are you? I'm in Los Angeles. Nice. Where are you? You're, you're not UK then. You're you're in America. No, I'm right. I'm Where? in the UK right now. Um, oh, but I I go between Detroit and the and the UK. Um, wow, Detroit. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know that you lived in Detroit. That's yeah, mad. Yeah, Where so I've, I've lived there for the last four years, on and off. Um, I pretty much just go over there when I tour. Um, and then just come back to the UK when I'm not. There's something being, going weird with this fucking sound. Can you hear that glitching? Yeah, I heard. I thought it was the mic moving or something. Yeah, no. Is it not? No. It's the ghosts. It's, it's our internet, mate. Something's not, not aligning tonight. It's all good. I think, Is it me? Do you I, think it's mine? I don't know. It's, fi- it's fine now. We're good. Fuck it. Hopefully you don't have... Uh, like you get the podcast ready and it's just got this terrible loud sound all the way through it. It's ruined the entire thing. <laughs> it, it looks all right on the, I'm looking at the the kind of recorder and it looks fine. We're good. Where, where okay. are you from then? You, you're from the UK. Yeah, I'm from Stafford. Originally. Oh, okay, nice. How long, how long did you, um, how long ago did you move to LA? Wait, I need to turn notifications off on this as well, don't I? Yeah, I probably. Terrible, terrible. Um, sorry, I'm using an iPad right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe that's the issue. <laughs> really? I don't Maybe. know. It looks good, though. Yeah. I just never did the whole, like, pro Zoomer setup. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, like like when when COVID happened, everybody got like the the proper webcam and like had it mounted and shit, and I just never did that. Yeah, so. I still haven't got the webcam. I've like just using the laptop one, and it looks terrible. Um, yeah, well, the reason I don't use the, I don't know if it's to do with me. Like, I use a PC when I make music. I use Cubase. Really? And I just never. I could never get the audio thing to work mm. with 
you know, like be able to make tunes and be on Zoom at the same time. Yeah. But I'm just not that technical. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's probably just me. You're literally like, I, I know about two people that use Cubase now because I started on Cubase. Um, really? Yeah. yeah what's... I feel like that's the typical thing is people say, they say like, oh, yeah, I started on that, but I just never carried, carried on. on. <laughs> <laughs> With me, I carried on. So. What's it like now? I think it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I obviously, I don't venture too far away from it, so I couldn't yeah. compare it that much, but I, I use Ableton a little when I do anything sort of um, mix orientated, you know, like make a DJ mixer or anything like that. Um, and I find Ableton pretty nice to use, but I just never could switch now. It's, yeah. it's been so long. I'm, I'm just like so used to it. It would be, be too scary to move it's also it's that learning curve isn't it it's like to switch you have to kind of learn a certain amount this glitch is really fucking yeah. doing my head in and i don't know what it is let me just plug this <laughs> it's, it's not the mic yeah that can't be to do with me that must be your site <laughs> surely i don't know it's so weird. Can you hear it? I can't hear it now. No, me neither. It just comes no, occasionally. Um, yeah, I couldn't. I I don't think I could do it. Yeah, it's there. Can you hear that? I heard it then. Yeah, like a little dropout for like a half a second or something. Fuck nice. This is the most professional podcast going on right. Now. Yeah, it's every time I talk. Is it? Yeah. And then it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for anybody that's listening to this. I think it's uh, I think it's doable though. People just, aren't going to be too free. Just gonna have to that. just gonna have to roll with it, aren't we? Um, yeah, I mean at least we're not on like the bus on our iPod headphones doing this, you know. Yeah, that I did could a, be the case. I did a podcast with Duke yesterday, Duke Dumont, and he had like his gardeners in the background, like wind blowing the fucking house down. By the, it sounded like. Well, I was concerned because I do actually have like a big construction site at the back of my house right now. Like the neighbors are building like an extension or something. I was like, this is going to be the Loud. thing that really fucks shit up. Yeah. But actually, it seems like it's not. It's the the more technical issues. It's something are, to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> so annoying um yeah how come you how come you moved to la then what was it what was the deal with that um it was just it was never planned really okay. it was it was just um i feel like it happens to a lot of people in music where you kind of you end up just being there yeah. more more and more until it gets to the point where it doesn't really make sense to not be there yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean yeah like um at the time when I moved to LA, I was kind of, I was touring a bit, but I was also trying to sort of get more into the production side of things mm. for, for like other artists, yeah. you know, like pop production. Um, and yeah, that, that kind of started to build a little bit. So I, it just made more sense to me to be out here for that kind mm. of stuff. Um, I guess there's a lot more, a lot more pop stuff kind of in, yeah, LA. To be real, LA's. I guess it's like yeah, LA's. I guess more like the hub for that kind of stuff. Yeah. you know. 
Um, and at the time, I was sort of moving more into that world mm. and sort of a little bit away from the whole DJ side of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was sort of gravitating towards that more than doing the artist thing at yeah. the time. So, yeah, it made sense. And I, I was coming out here every like kind of every summer and then I sort of just one one time I just stayed <laughs> and just didn't go back like I had I was renting a place in London at the time I didn't really own a lot of stuff yeah. so it was just like it was super easy to just make the switch mm. so um do you and that was it? that the rest pre- of history do you yeah. prefer it out there um when I moved out here I didn't I yeah. really missed England yeah. um for a while I feel like that is the same for a lot of people too. Like the, the sort of shock of how different it is. It's um, it's really strange because we speak kind of the same language to Americans. We kind of have very similar cultures, but also it's so different. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But also just the, I guess the difference t- between LA and London is so vast as well yeah. as a city. And like the way of living is so different too. Yeah. You have to get used to not being able to just step out your front door and be like in the middle of a busy street and, yeah. you know, go and meet somebody for coffee real quick or whatever. Mm. It's, it's more that sort of New York kind of vibe in, in London. Yeah. Whereas here it's such a like huge space and it's so like difficult to move around and stuff. And, um, just the the way that people work out here is different. It's yeah. sort of a lot more laid back, I find. Um, and it just is a bit of a shock to the mm. system when you first make the switch. It's like, where am I, hey, man? Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of crazy. And I, I did miss, I'd miss that aspect of London, just the sort of hustle and bustle, the fast pace of yeah. hustle and bustle. But yeah, but now it's the opposite. I kind of actually love the vibe here and when i go back to london i kind of like i miss la a yeah. little bit so i've gotten used to it i guess um and now i have i have like a i have a family here i've got two kids so oh, i've got wow. my missus here i've got a dog yeah. i have my house here so it's like i'm fully sort of settled here now. yeah is your missus american as well she is she's from nebraska though she's not from here so we're kind of she's from uh sort of out in the middle of nowhere type area as well. So. Yeah. Sorry, mate. This is really annoying me. I don't know. It's doing your head in. It's doing head in, mate. I don't know what it is. Really is there like a way of listening back to a part of the recording just to see how it sounds? Or no. Is no. Not really. It would be long. Um, how's it, wow. How is it having kids in LA? I mean... My kids are six months old, so oh, it's okay. been pretty new. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we we had twins oh, wow. during COVID. So. Congrats! <laughs> it's been a it's been a lot of thanks, mate. Yeah, it's been a lot of sleepless nights. Yeah, <laughs> so far. <laughs> but I mean, it's incredible. It's amazing. It's just um, it's a lot of work, yeah. man. Having especially twins is yeah, like a whole but... other level as well. Well, you don't ever you don't ever plan to have twins, do you? It's just like it just happens, and it's yeah. And you, the, the thing is, you kind of don't know any different either. So I don't know what it's like to have just one mm. kid. So yeah, 
I've got nothing to compare it to. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just, you know, getting on with it. But it's it's incredible. So good. But Do you, has, no has, that, has having kids changed your, like, workflow and kind of changed your, like, view on your career or anything like that? Um, it kind of, it kind of makes me, on one, on one side of it, it makes me even more driven, I guess, because mm. you kind of have these two extra lives yeah. that you're responsible for now. But then on the other hand as well, I'm trying to be more present as well with them. Yeah. Trying not to sort of be consumed too much with music, you know, because yeah. before I had a family, like, like my own family, it was kind of like, music is just everything mm. to me 24 yeah. seven. You don't kind of, you don't switch off, which is, it's difficult. I mean, you know what it's like as well. We totally. all, yeah. it's sort of that thing where it's not like the nine to five job where you get home at five, 6 PM or whatever and switch mm. off and you can just chill. You kind of, it's always in your brain and, yeah. you, and you know that you can work whenever you want. So mm. it's difficult to like, to snap out of that mindset a bit, but I feel like it's, changed me in a positive way because it's it's helped me kind of become just more present in life and like try and absorb you know what's going on around me a little bit more rather than just being completely wrapped up in music stuff I think yeah no I think it's really important because a lot of us don't have things outside of music yeah Um, whether that's family whether that's I don't know um whatever like I was literally talking to one of my mates today I was like I need to get a hobby because yeah. it just like it sometimes it just screws your brain um i think that that is really important as well as having something outside of music that you're also passionate about yeah. too because it it also is really good for your creativity to not focus on one thing the mm. whole time you know yeah <laughs> just to give your brain a bit of a break can really sort of help i don't know about you though but for me like when I find something that I'm like also passionate about outside of music, I'm like, how do I make this successful? How do I make this yeah. like a career? Which is like the most stupid thing because I guess it's like a type of personality, isn't it? Someone that I guess to do music, you've got to be pretty, you've got to be a pretty driven, yeah, sort of career minded person, I guess. So you just flip that to anything, basically. So Pretty much. Like, oh, I really enjoy fishing. How can I be a pro? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's literally just that. Enjoying going down to the lake. It's like, no, I got to be the best. I got to be the best. <laughs> got to be number one. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's, it's definitely it's definitely annoying because it's like it's it's so hard to switch off from it. Then. Um, yeah. But what's it what's it like being more more in the like the pop writing world in LA? um or just generally because i i don't really come across i've re- i've done some pop stuff but it's more like dance floor pop stuff for other people mm-hmm. it's not like been straight up pop because like, you've done some yeah. you've done some records with some some big pop artists yeah i kind of i enjoy it actually because it like i was saying before even though it is music it's different it's a completely different world mm. to you know what i'm what I sort of started out making and where I come from yeah. musically. So it's quite nice to be able to dip in and out of different, even, even though it's the same thing, it's still music. It's, it's like dipping into a different world of music 
and coming yeah. back to dance music whenever I want and stuff. It feels like you can get some sort of little breather and a break and you can get inspired from the pop world mm. and sort of bring that into what you're doing in the, in the dance world as well as vice versa. So it's kind of nice to be able to dip in and out of genres a bit. Yeah. For me anyway, because I've always had that issue where as a producer, I could never, as an artist, I could never really find what, I sound like, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Totally, yeah. It's sort of, I just love music in general. And I, if I could, I would make, you know, like one day I would, I can, I can make like an R and B record yeah. and the next day, like a techno record. It's just like, however I feel at the time is it just affects what I want to make. So I think that was the, the way for me to vent that feeling mm. was, in the pop world, even though it feels like you're quite constricted by like labels and radio and shit, you're actually kind of free because yeah. a pop record can be anything, mm, really. Totally. Like it can't. It doesn't have to sound a certain way. Like it just has to. It just has to be popular. Sort of, <laughs> it, yeah, it has to appeal to yeah. to the masses, but it can be masked in any kind of form of music, which is pretty freeing when you think about it yeah i i love the concept of pop music um i think i think it's like everything i I love yeah the concept of pop music is great but whether or not it gets done how the concept sounds is a different situation if you mean because i feel like it's same in dance music nowadays it's very formulaic in lots of genres in lots of ways it's just purely to get you on to the radio or get you onto a certain playlist or get you onto a certain label Mm -hmm. i find a lot of it's not naturally not actually like trying to be really good music it's trying to just get on those playlists yeah if that makes any sense i do i do agree with you that there's a lot of formulaic music yeah. in every genre. I think that, I mean, if you take like Tech House, for instance, there has yeah. become like a sort of blueprint for that mm. type of music. Yeah, And it feels like a lot of the time everybody's sort of following this template of what mm. the tune should do and how it should sound. But And then again, that can be the same for pop music too. But I guess what's cool and what's sort of fun is trying to bend that. Yeah blueprint a bit um just like i don't know it's it's hard to explain but i enjoy sort of trying to present it in a different sort of way and seeing if it works and if it doesn't it doesn't if it does amazing like you know like bringing influences from where i come from musically and sort of like records that really inspired me as a kid and trying to inject that into pop music in america is kind of interesting to me what music did you Uh, grow up on um my sort of earliest memories of music was were kind of like the early 90s stuff like my mom my mom was like a huge house music fan which was i mean obviously like affected me a lot when i was a kid even though i didn't really no, it was at the time, but she loved like sort of those crossover, like acid house type tunes mm. from the early 90s that were 
there were hits in England, but were still sort of cool records. Um, but when I when I sort of started getting my own sort of taste when I was a teenager, I just listened to like trance music, yeah. basically <laughs> cheesy uh, trance. <laughs> yeah, like I had so many trance compilation CDs. That was the thing in the nineties. <laughs> like I remember, it was the same for me. Like nineties, early two thousands, it was just trance everywhere in the yeah. UK. Like the early two thousands was such a good era though for that music. And when you go back to it now and listen back, you kind of you can you can appreciate it even more. It's mm. the kind of I don't know. It's aged really well that kind of era of music. Yeah, well, I, I think you look what like Tale of Us and Art Bat and kind of that crew are doing at the moment, and it's although it's not yes. trance, I call it man trance, where it's just like man trance, man man trance. <laughs> it's um, oh man, yeah, yeah, it's like. <laughs> I don't know why I call it that, but I heard somebody say it and it just clicked. But it's it's very it's using influences from from the uh, trance yeah. days massively. Um, but I love that. I like the kind of I love to hear those sort of references in music now. Um, just generally, like I feel like the the whole acid house thing is obviously coming back a bit. And yeah, you can hear that, that in a lot that, of dance music now a lot of the 90s is back in in dance music at end of if you know what i mean like a lot of people are using old rave stabs it's kind of yeah. it's kind of coming back which is interesting because in house music i i think i don't know i don't write pop so much so maybe you can kind of tell me this but in house it's always looking back on how to make things sound how it used to when it first came out um, I yeah. don't know if it's like that in pop. Um, I guess not. I mean, obviously, you can hear the, the big sort of 80s revival mm. in pop music now as well. Yeah. So I guess so. I mean, it's, it's always... I, I think it's always like a recycled thing with music. Like, it's all the, all the sort of... It's almost like all the ideas have been done already yeah. and you just got to figure out ways to sort of recycle that feeling again that you whatever it is that you love about a certain song and how to present that again in like the modern day i guess because you know it's there's only a certain amount of chords exactly yeah <laughs> a certain amount of drum patterns yeah. and you know you can't invent more of them so <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like uh it's always going to be like a rehash thing of something old mm. that has inspired you at some point, even if you don't even realize it at the time. It's really funny. Like you can be sort of subliminally influenced yeah. by something. And then afterwards, somebody would be like, Oh, it reminds me of that tune. What so-and-so. And then you look it up and you're like, Oh, it actually is a bit like yeah, that. Even yeah. if you haven't intended it to be. I think just things sort of people just pick up influences along the way. Mm. And, it's, I think music is just, it, that's just what music is, really. It's just, it's sort of the human presenting their moments of their life. Their, me their, <laughs> their memories, isn't it, really? And, or trying, yeah. to, trying to kind of you recreate only, it. That, you can only do that, though. It's like, that's the only way to really do it. Is you're pulling it from somewhere. You're yeah. not just like, it's not just appearing out of nowhere, you mm. know? So... 
um, I feel like all the genres of music are sort of recycling something. Totally. Um, and yeah, I think it's cool. I, I, I enjoy... It's funny, like, I was chatting to a songwriter friend of mine, this guy called Pablo from the UK, last week, and he was like... <laughs> we were talking about, like, just referencing stuff. And he was like, oh, well, that's funny, because when I explain you to people in sessions, I always say you're like an encyclopedia of 90s music. <laughs> kind of a compliment, yeah. It's like, I, I love... There's nothing more fun to me than like finding a song that has inspired me in the past or like something that's influenced me and like referencing that mm. just slightly in in something, something new. Else, like yeah. I love trying to because I like trying to kind of evoke the same feeling that it gave me at the time or whatever in, in a new song. I think it's really cool. So yeah. I've sort of drifted off. No, I, I, I totally agree with you because there's like records that I've written that I'm trying to be somebody else. And like, I generally would listen to a record and be like, I want to make a record like this. And I would literally have the record in the project. And Mm -hmm. although I'm not recreating the record, I'm trying to create that same feeling. And yeah, it's a really it's a really interesting kind of way to write. Um, and I think some of you, like personally, some of my best records have come from doing that. Yeah. I think that's a, I think it's a, a good technique and I think it probably is something that gets done quite a lot. It's yeah. always making sure that if you do have some sort of reference for what the feeling in the, in the music was, was intended to be like mm. going back and forth, is a good way to do it just just to keep you in that world i yeah. guess if you're trying to reference something do you do much do and you do much not, with hip-hop it's like ripping something off it's just no yeah it's just a feeling you know it's, it's like it's, you want to get you want to get the same feeling from the record you're making yeah it's, that you it's, it's taking influence certain. isn't it and it's just p- putting yourself seeing if whatever you're making kind of gives you the same feels yeah um, yeah i mean there's not an it even applies to, you know, like art, like painters mm. or whatever, yeah. you know? They're not just they're not just painting some completely new thing that's mm. that's never been thought of yeah. before, you know. Everyone's influenced by another artist from some point in their life and that same with music and yeah. everything. So Totally. Have you um have you done much with hip hop in whilst being out there? Um I've done a bit, yeah. I've done stuff. I, I did like a French Montana record. Yeah. I did. I did Heady One recently, which is UK. Yeah. That was cool. I've, and there's a new artist that I've just sort of finished his album, but he's super new. He's not like. It's more like we're trying to develop him, but he's mm. like, he's hip hop, but he's also sort. Of, I don't know, it's like R&B, pop influence as well. It's a kid called yeah. Johnny Yukon, but we just finished his like first official album. And that is pretty much like hip-hop. Um, very like hip-hop influence, yeah. like sounding music. So it's kind of, I don't know, I'm, I think it's, 
just really important to listen to everything. Lot, yeah. <laughs> Even if you're just going to make techno or house music or whatever, I still think it's important to make sure you don't just listen to that type uh, of music. I so. couldn't think of anything worse, personally. Like, if I'm. Yeah, but I feel like there are people that do that, like narrow their sort of. Horizons narrow their mind a little like oh if i'm gonna make this i just need to listen to this all the time but i find it difficult to do that yeah i think for me is like i also need to give my ears a break and be like i yeah. need, need some more like inspiration than just fucking techno or house or whatever i don't often listen to it i go through like days where i listen to something i listen to like an uh, like an electronic album for like a day and then i won't listen to stuff for ages i'll go listen yeah. to some like country music or or whatever and just, I've, <laughs> I've actually gotten into country music recently which is something really? that i thought i'd never never admit um, wow that is a curveball i didn't expect you to say that, i know but... I, i'm like i want to go see live shows i want to go see like someone sing live and like someone play a guitar and i don't know i don't know I re- yeah i reckon the country live gigs are pretty popping yeah <laughs> you know? exactly I, yeah. I think it's like the people that go as well right it's like yeah, they, they, they just want to have like a lot of fun yeah. it's like going to the rodeo exactly <laughs> have you been to a rodeo nah but i've always thought it looks amazing yeah. <laughs> it looks fun i want to go I when I'm, I'm in texas next when it's actually like rodeo season Supposed yeah, to be you amazing. gotta do it you gotta do it real like texas vibes is the real deal so yeah like proper redneck like, yeah that's all i want get a cowboy hat get yeah. a checkered shirt on some levi's get those what are they called what are those pants those pants called um oh my god i should know i should definitely know this chaps get the chaps get out some chaps. <laughs> get some assless chaps. literally <laughs> <laughs> Turn up to the rodeo. Yeah, that'd be fun. How do you um? How do you like? Let's say, for instance, that what was the the guy's name that you just did a project for? Johnny Yukon is jo- Johnny Yukon. So going into that project, is <clears throat> that like right? We are spending the next two months writing an album, and or you, your whole focus is on that, or how? And how does no. like the setup work for that as well? Um, so I kind of agreed to do like the exec production role for oh, him cool. last year, which I guess when you do that, you, you're sort of, you're not solely producing the entire record yourself. Yeah. You're almost sort of overseeing this, mm. the album and, and helping sort of A&R it as well as helping finish songs too and, and doing songs from scratch. But so he'll be, he's, a, he's a, he writes with various other people as yeah. well. And he'll, sorry, he'll get ideas and then bring them to me and we'll sort of hone them in and finish them. Mm. But we we, kind of, we were doing sort of two days a week on cool. it. Um, and we just finished it. It, it kind of it took probably six months or something yeah. to do. Um, but, I mean, with him, me and him have been working for years. He was one of the first people I wrote with when I came out to L.A., so... Okay. We were we were both sort of new mm. to the kind of L.A. world of songwriting, but he was doing the artist thing as well. And we just became friends yeah. through that, and 
I've just always really believed in him as an artist, so it made sense when it came to him. He he got like a a deal with a major label, and then it came to the point where he was going to do an actual album. Yeah. So it made sense for us to do that together because we we were so close anyway, and we worked so much. I kind of like I just knew what he wanted musically yeah. to do, so it made sense that way. But we made sure that I could still have time to work on the other stuff that I was doing. So yeah. it wasn't just like lockdown for six months and not working anything else. So we just do, we just did a couple of days a week on it and it came together really quick. I think because we're so used to working together, yeah. it, was, it was pretty easy. Um, but yeah, like, and the, but that's a different process to like when I did the Gaga thing where we just did, an entire year with without working on really anything else really? Which, which was mad how was yeah, that like that that was an intense sort of uh writing process because you you didn't really have time to do anything else because it was just so much is that five, is that five <laughs> days a week six days like what's that usually just five days we, we try and get the weekends but then sometimes we would go through the weekends as well so how is that um, how is that on the brain pretty grueling yeah, yeah i bet um and that was right before covid happened as well so it was the year before the whole covid thing kicked mm. off and then as soon as we finished the album um literally t- within two weeks the world shut down which is so insane so we just come from being like locked in this studio for like mm. a year to then being locked down at home for like another year two years basically. yeah yeah um so yeah that was pretty mad how does that come but, about things like things like the gaga and kind of because it's kind of so out of my world that i'm just like how how do you even start to kind of have those conversations um well that, that project came through blood pop who's a pop producer okay. slash artist over here yeah um, i don't know if you've heard of him before, no i haven't he he's a he's a producer he did like um you know the justin bieber like purpose album yeah, the yeah. one that skrillex did a lot of uh, okay um, yeah. he kind of worked on that with skrillex mm. on a lot of those songs um but he was the person that kind of brought me into that whole gaga thing just just by he hit me on instagram i guess he heard like some stuff that i'd done and uh, I just put a record out with ASAP Rocky and yeah. Sabrina Claudio. It was like a house tune, but it had them on it. And I think he'd heard that and he just wanted to connect mm. um, and listen to some stuff. So I met him at his studio and we just sat and kind of played a bunch of music. Yeah. And I didn't know he was working on Gaga at the time. And then... I guess we we sort of shared like a common um, common ground on like what we wanted to happen in pop music, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think my influences were sort of what he was looking for for Gaga because mm. he wanted her to do this nineties trance, this like nostalgic dance yeah. record, you know, like Madonna Vogue type thing. Um, so he he had all these sort of ideas, but he, I guess maybe 
didn't have the references that I had in order to yeah. sort of get evoke that kind of feeling in the music. But mm. you know, I would start whipping out all these old tunes that I knew and like sort of sounds that I that I had for, like known from records when I was yeah. a teenager and shit. And like I think that really grabbed him and he was kind of like, yeah, this is the sort of vibe that we want to go for. Um so that he had me work on just one song to begin with because yeah. um, he was exec producing that whole project so yeah. they had a demo that was just like a vocal and her singing over piano it was this record called enigma mm-hmm. um and i just did a pass of it and it was like a sort of very vogue like 90s house version yeah and i kind of thought it was so far down that road that it would be <laughs> too much like it was so like it just sounded like a tune from the early nineties, yeah. like in the UK or something. <laughs> but but they they all loved it, and it was kind of like that. That then became sort of the the sort of blueprint for what the rest of the the yeah. record became. And it started just one song, and then it became like ten songs. And by the by the by the time I knew it, it had been like a year, and we'd been working on it. It just yeah. sort of snowballed from there. But you, it was incredible. It was amazing. Like it's not very often you get to work with someone like, like she is such like a, like an artist. Artist, you know. It's not like the typical pop star thing. You know, she's very much like hands on, involved in the songwriting. Yeah. Um, she's like one of those iconic sort of pop acts. That, so it was a pretty special time, even though it was so like intense and so much pressure so 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 much pressure and so many like long hours like we would work to like four in the morning yeah. and shit like most days so it's kind of like wild but do you like doing um, that i think i just got used to it like you kind of just get in this world where you're sort of it's almost like a bit surreal you're like yeah. in this studio ball like bubble and you kind of yeah you get lost in it a little bit so um I definitely wasn't used to working like that, but it kind of, it just was something that you kind of like had to do and it yeah. became normal then eventually. Um, but I remember after it just being, it kind of just being like in a bit of a daze, like <laughs> what, what, what just happened? Like a whole year had kind of gone by. Um, and it was literally just that. And then with the COVID thing on top of it, after that, it was just kind of very strange. Yeah once you do that you kind of feel like you need a break you need to just get out of it and stuff you can't can't even leave the house then so it's kind of weird but do you do you prefer writing with other people do you think that's when your best work comes out or are you much more someone that likes to write by themselves um i like writing songs with other people Mm. like but if i'm making if i'm producing stuff i like to be alone yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like i don't i hate producing something in front of someone yeah it's kind of weird but i've i've gotten used to the songwriting side of it where i can write a song much quicker and easier if i've got someone to bounce mm. off like you know melodies and lyrics and all that kind of stuff but when it comes to actually finishing the record and figuring out the sound of it and, and the production side I, I like to just be alone for a yeah. good few days <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely uh, it's 
it's it's interesting because I I do really like being in the studio with other people. Yeah. But I really don't like when somebody else is producing. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't like anyone touching the laptop apart from me. No, and I, I'm I'm working on this this like pop project at the moment and um I'm like more like exec and not right. not doing any of the laptop stuff. And it's hard, yeah. It's so strange. It's really, it's it's such a good, t- like, I've learned a lot doing it. A huge amount. Yeah. Um, and it, it has helped me massively in my own production. But mm-hmm. it's giving away that control where, like, oh, it's a bit weird. It's definitely strange, like, when there's more than one producer in the room, mm. it's quite hard to, cause you know, in your head, what you want to happen. Yeah. But if somebody else has the reins, it's hard to be, you know, you don't want to be that guy that's over their shoulder. Like, like you know, like touching the screen and shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, no, definitely not. Difficult. And it's, it's, um, it's also like, you've got to check your ego. And especially yeah, if you're like sure. in that exact role, you kind of have to take a bit of a higher ground and like, you're you're not mm-hmm. the artist. You're kind of just the one giving ideas at the back and kind of making sure that the room carries on doing well. Yeah, it's definitely like a different mindset. You have to. I mean, yeah, you, you you've got to consider the the team. I guess yeah, involved making sure that the ship ship it keeps is going smoothly. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I I do enjoy producing with other people through the sort of idea mm. phase of the, of making a record. But then when it comes to finishing a song or something, I just like to do that. Yeah. On my, um, just because sometimes you can just be playing around with one sound mm. for so long. <laughs> like, you know, you're like, you don't need somebody watching you like mess about with a kick drum for a few hours or whatever. It's just like, Oh, it's so boring when you're sat next to someone you what doing that as well, and you're just watching. Yeah. And like, dude, just, it's a kick drum. It's fine. Come on, let's just move just on like to the next. Just like you in the hi hat for yeah. like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's fun sometimes to do that type of stuff on your own. Like, yeah, you know, like really get into the whole sort of mixing and stuff, even though you shouldn't really if you if you're going to get it mixed anyway. But it's like, I like to sort of sort of spend a lot of time on the sonic stuff like mm. but when i'm in my own world like yeah. you know like when i've when i feel like i've just got some time to mess about on my own you know? <laughs> i i'm i wish i was good at mixed hours but i'm really not and it's something i'm not I, yeah i'm not that good but i don't know it's like i don't even know what is good because yeah. it's sort of it just depends what you want it to sound like totally so like the whole mix thing is, especially in like dance music, I guess, because you might be trying to get a certain sound that isn't mm. necessarily, you know, the cleanest mix. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I find it quite hard because when you get a demo that you really love, you've kind of you've you've got a certain sound to it that was how you imagined yeah. it, and it's hard to like have somebody then re- sort of mix that to their do you, taste afterwards. Do but. you get your, your like club stuff <clears throat> mixed by somebody else? 
Yeah, I mean, I haven't figured out the perfect person for that yet. But, like, I don't make a lot of club stuff, really. Yeah, it's funny because I, um, I sort of had, like, a bit of a hiatus from making yeah. club music. And um, now I only, I only just put out, like, a few records recently. And I was trying to figure out, you know, who's best to help make them sound good, but also make them sound like how I imagine them in my head yeah. as well. Um, Let me put you in touch with someone. I'll put you in touch with someone that's, yeah. that's really okay. good. Yeah. A guy called, I've, I've had him on the podcast actually. He does, he does all my <clears throat> mastering, um, but he also helps me with mix downs. Um, so I use him as like a second pair of ears rather than actually yeah. going like, mate, can you go and mix this down? Um, yeah. What What is funny is that I realized that because I've been doing the pop thing for such a, long time what I felt like a long time and, and sort of drifted away from mm. club music is I stopped m making music in general like with the club in mind yeah, yeah. so even those records that I just did on FFRR like they sound good on like in the car and shit yeah. and, and like, on the headphones I did a show, which is like the first time I played in like a couple of years. Yeah. And I realized they're definitely not meant to be me in the club. <laughs> right? they, they just, I, I'd forgotten about like how much you need to really pay attention to like the low yeah. end and shit like that for the club. Um, because I'm, I've been like kind of a little bit out of that world for a while. And it is a whole different ball game. Like, just making sure that something sounds right on a system. Yeah. Because you can forget that kind of stuff when you're just focusing on the song more than the actual waveform. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm the opposite to you in that situation where I was literally, right. I was listening to the radio earlier and, and Talamanca came on and I was like, damn, mm. this sounds so good on the radio. Whereas yeah. like, I'm trying to make records that sound fucking great in a club, which like I'm, I, without sounding too arrogant, I can do that pretty easily. Yeah. Um, but then it's like, how do I get this like huge low end to sound good on, yeah. on a, on a radio? And yeah, you, I mean, you do have the opposite to me. Cause I don't think Talamanca sounds good in a club when, <laughs> when I listened to it, yeah. when I played it. I was like, this doesn't sound as good as like other tunes. Yeah, but I know that Talamanca sounds good on the radio. It sounds and great. Like, <clears throat> it sounds good in the car when I listen to it and shit. Mm. But that's because when I made it, that was all I was listening to it yeah. for. Like, I didn't even think about the club, which is mm. weird because it is a club. It's tune, such a club but, record. Yeah, but it's mad. I just I made I made the tune on headphones. Oh really? Because I had just finished that Gaga stuff and yeah. we went into lockdown and I didn't have a studio at home mm. because I'd been working like all over LA in different studios that yeah. didn't really have a spot. So I started <clears throat> making tunes just in my kitchen, like on my headphones. And that was one of the ones that I finished in that kind of yeah. era. And I hadn't even really listened to our speakers <laughs> until... 
until it was mixed. But I had Tom Norris mix that. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of Tom, but no. he, he basically does a lot of Skrillex's stuff. Ah, okay. Um, so sort of the more kind of, I guess, sort of American EDM sounding yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, but he does a lot of pop stuff as well. Mm. But we worked, I worked with him on the Gaga shit. And we worked ah, really okay. closely together. That's cool. Because he was in a, he had like a mix studio next door to where we were yeah. working on the album. So we could go in while he was mixing and be like, oh, this sounds amazing, blah, 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 and give notes. That process but, is, <clears> has <throat> got to be priceless to have, to, yeah. have, to like go from creating it to then the mix down pretty much straight away. Yeah, right next door as yeah. well. Because you can also then edit the production yeah. halfway through the mix. Because he can be mixing it and I'll be like, oh, that whatever the hi-hat sounds weird let me yeah. switch it out for something so it's kind of like that was priceless to be able to do that yeah but wow i think he because me and him worked for like a year together basically he kind of figured out what i liked mm, <laughs> so yeah. so <clears throat> when it came to getting my own tunes mixed again it felt natural to try and have him do that as well and he what he did to talamanca was like he took it to like a another level from where i even had it mm. so um i don't know it just worked for that song i think because he he mixes with radio in mind yeah. it kind of that's why it sounds so good well and that's radio, why it gets played on radio so fucking much like yeah. let's, let's be honest because if there's been a lot of club records like i i actually don't i i would say the last club record and I'm happy to be wrong, but the last club, club record up until Talamanca to be played this much was Ten Walls Walking with Elephants. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. again, sounds <clears throat> fucking amazing on the radio as well. Does um, it sound shit in a club, though? It, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I never played it. It would never be a record that I would have played. Um, right, yeah, yeah. But yes, yeah, so I've never listened to it in a club. Yeah. Be but interesting it's, it's just, they're just, it's the first instrumentals that I've heard that are like get that much play on radio. Like it's, it's a, it's a very unheard of. Like, you know, you know, much more than me, how much yeah. a vocal for radio means something. Um, yeah. I mean, how did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, the the idea was in my head was like, how do I make a tune that feels like those sort of classic riff-based tunes? Because there hadn't been one for a while that that was just a riff that people gravitated to. Mm. Um, And yeah, I was listening to like Pajanu and stuff like that. I was going to say that. (laughs) I was literally going to say that. Yeah. Um, Actually, that record was kind of like the reason for trying it. It was like, that felt like the last time a record like that had happened. Like, yeah. So it was just a chord riff and mm. there was no vocal and they never put a vocal on it. And the amount of times <laughs> that, like, I've been asked to put a vocal on Talamanca is so <laughs> insane. Um, and actually, so we tried a bunch of things and in the end I was like, you know what, it's just Scrap it just it. shouldn't have a vocal. It's like 
there were things that were good as well that like maybe would have made it even bigger but it just didn't feel like right or something to I, do it i think sometimes as much it's... as that pissed off the label oh yeah i like... bet andy was well pissed off with that <laughs> <laughs> like, i think that i did a lot of people's heads in but yeah I don't know. I feel like the legacy of the tune is much longer if I don't fuck around with that shit. But I totally I agree. I, I don't know any in any occasion where a club record has had vocals added to it and it's made it better. Yeah, I mean, it's the question of has it made it better or more popular? Because Just because it's more popular doesn't mean it's better. Exactly. Because yeah. it has worked. You know, like there's been tunes where they've added a vocal that's definitely made it bigger. But does does anyone that love the original like it more with yeah. the vocal? And I don't think that's no. Um, but yeah, I feel like that tune's just an anomaly. Like I'm I'm not gonna make another one yeah. like that because <laughs> so, I was kind of like, well now I'm expected to follow that tune up and it's yeah. like and I sat in the studio and I was like trying to come up with another <laughs> riff and I was like there's no point like, I can't just recycle the string sound again no. or whatever and do another riff so it's just like I think it's just going to be what it is and that's that but it was I, I think that's like, I think that's really nice that that is though that that like yeah. I think I don't know if you've put pressure on yourself because I it's so easy to sit down and put pressure on yourself and be like, I have to do this or I have to follow this up. But if you can just turn around and accept that this is just doing its own thing and and now yeah. it's on onto the next thing and whatever happens to the next thing happens. Um, yeah. I think well, that's, that's really where important. I'm at now. I think at first I was like, I've got to beat Talamanca. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know if that's gonna happen but um well you could you could but it could be something completely different yeah maybe it's a different vibe if it yeah. is but it's not gonna be it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning i can't like just rehash that and like make that my sound because it's it just gets boring yeah so, it's a moment piece isn't it it's, yeah it's a I think moment. it is just a moment like it felt like it was all it felt like a really sort of sort of perfectly timed tune yeah. somehow um for how everybody felt at the time when it came out and shit mm. and like we were just coming out of lockdown type yeah. of thing it's and there was a big big tune with a big riff for people to dance to or whatever it felt good but... and people love it like i've yeah. i've 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 played the my edit of it and people love it We've got to get your edit into the world, man. Right, it's never going to happen. <laughs> but why don't we just, you should just, you should just put it out. Like, I, I, just not chuck it I, online. I don't think, Andy, I don't think Andy's going to like me if I do that. Um, yeah, you know, fuck but, him. Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure we should fine. definitely, we should definitely send it out to people. I feel like, yeah, it, it, it's, definitely like something that people are going to play yeah it works it, it and it people do really know that record like yeah. it's it's got something what's about mad it. is the is yesterday i saw a video of pete tong doing it in his classical oh really thing. you know he's doing that yeah. the classics yeah thing. yeah and i was like that's a real moment because yeah. it feels like 
because he just just playing Ibiza classics yeah. like, with an orchestra. And then it was Talamanca, and I was like, oh, okay, well, it's like sort of, yeah, it feels like it, it, you, it, you. It's so strange to say, but you have made a classic record. Yeah, I mean, I that's what I keep thinking. It's like, is it is it going to be a few years from now where people really remember that tune? Because I don't know if it's like if even music is like that anymore. You know, like how mm. records were big in the sort of nineties and they yeah. they just go down as classics or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if the climate in music allows for that to happen anymore. I think I I hear what you're saying, um, and I I think I don't think the climate is geared for that but i think yeah everything moves so quickly now. so quickly but but i think if you have the right record i think it does yeah um Uh, like camel fat cola yeah like even though that wasn't it wasn't in the era of classics then it was still it was still very throwaway music then yeah it's a fucking classic i don't care what Mm -hmm. anyone says um mk storm queen remix like this these are all like kind of modern day classics and i i do think like pajano and what you've got done with talamanca i think the thing with talamanca is that you've done you haven't reinvented the wheel but you've kind of remixed the wheel and kind of put it on back to front and created something that sounds like a euphoric record but still very modern yeah it's great well, man it's great thanks man because yeah that was the plan yeah yeah and you smashed it <laughs> it was like it was like how do i make a tune that is like you know those early 2000s tunes yeah. but for now you know that that was the idea behind that somehow that worked yeah. <laughs> no it's great do you do you with your kind of burns project are you like fully on that now and just being like, I want to become like a, an artist in that sense, or are you still kind of towing the, the producing side of things as well? I mean, I'm, de- I'm, I'm definitely still sort of half and half. Yeah. Um, it's weird. Cause I, before the, the FFRR stuff started coming out, I hadn't, I had planned on not doing the Burns thing really. Yeah. Like I was gonna just duck out and and just be full pop producer yeah. and maybe do like an alias yeah. as just for a laugh, you know. Um, and I did like a I did like an alias in 2019. I did this record under a, the name Jamie River. Okay. <laughs> um, and I put it out on Salado's label. Actually. Oh really? And like, and it it was just like a really sort of deep house tune it wasn't like any vibe it was just like a a very like minimal tune but i'd I'd already thought like i was gonna leave the artist thing behind and just Mm. do like full focus on production but then after doing that gaga album and coming out the other side of it i just felt like i wanted to make some tunes for fun that weren't that weren't really because it was also lockdown. There was nothing going on. There was no DJing and yeah. shit. So I thought maybe I'll just make some records for the fun of it that I like. Yeah. Um, that feel like stuff that I would want to do. 
here. Yeah. Yeah. And that was when I made like that Love and Touch EP and Talamanca. Yeah. <laughs> and they ended up being, you know, like, and Milo, my manager, sent them mm. to Andy and he ended up just loving them. And yeah. that was he wanted to do it so badly that we were like, okay, well, let's just try it and see what happens. And well, Talamanca's got to be the biggest record Andy signed. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, it's got to be, mate. Because <laughs> Andy's not been at FFR after that long. True, yeah. I guess um, he's pretty new to the label, right? Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure, yeah, I don't know. He's done some Maybe. big records, but I think that's the that's the big one. We've never spoke about that, but yeah, I mean, possibly. I don't know. It's dope. Because it, it, I think what, what's nice is that there's no sort of. It's not. I didn't do like an album deal yeah. with FFR or anything like that, so there's no pressure for me to follow up or anything. Because I've done, I've been in like major deals before as an artist, mm. and it's never worked. Like, look, yeah. I just don't. I, I'm not geared for that kind of thing. Like, I can't. I don't think I can. Um, sort of be in that one world for too long. I have to like do other things. Why not? I don't know. It's just like, I've always, like I said before, like I don't have a sound Mm. (laughs) or I can't figure that out anyway. And I think my attention span is low or something. I get bored of certain things so quick that I have to move on to something else. Otherwise I just don't want to make music if it's, if it's, me doing this morning how how do you do that in this in the like the gaga situation or something else because you are purely just working on one project right um yeah what's the difference between working on a project for somebody else and working on a project for yourself i don't i think i've always thought about that as well i think it's just because the pressure isn't on me yeah yeah because i because someone else can take the music and go and sort of front it themselves yeah. when it's not for me i don't feel as weird about it for mm. some reason it's hard it's it's weird because yeah i can i can definitely make an album for someone but it's not me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think do you think if you had somebody working as like an exec for you you could do an album um I don't know because I'm also very sort of particular about how I want stuff to yeah. sound as well. So I don't know if I could give the reins to anybody else for yeah. my own shit. It's really weird. It's like No, I get it. I get it. I've tried to do it a few times, like do an album mm. for myself. And for some reason it just feels like the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Um maybe I can't handle that pressure of of it being me, you know, you know, like, like this is, this is something I have to front myself. Like Mm. this is me in an album or whatever. It feels like a lot of pressure. Whereas if it's somebody else, I love the idea of creating a sound for somebody rather than creating a sound for me for some reason. I don't know what that is. (laughs) I I, I get that. I think it's also, I don't know correct me if it's not this but it kind of sounds like it's more like you like the creative but it's not it, once it's created you can just let it go it's not yours yeah. it, it can be somebody yeah. else's whereas if it's yours you have to live with it for the rest of your life that probably is it yeah, yeah. it's like 
once it's finished, you can kind of step, move step on out. to the next yeah. thing. Yeah. Whereas when it's for you, you've not only got that however long the amount of time is to make it, you've also got however long it is afterwards to live with it and yeah. and promote it and all that kind of stuff. And it feels just like I like to move mm. quick, I guess, with stuff. How do you um, how do you how have you found the whole promo thing for the records? Because like it's it is you're not just a, I speak speak about this a lot on the podcast, but it's like you're not just the producer or the DJ or the artist. <clears throat> you're like everything now. You you promote everything. You have to do everything yourself. Um, yeah. How do you find that part of it? I think that's another reason why I'm not like an artist. Artist is because yeah. I'm not very good at doing the whole keeping up the Instagram and getting on TikTok and all that stuff. I don't think mm. it's like just doesn't feel right for, for yeah i'm just not the type of guy that does the like hey what's up guys yeah. blah blah like it just doesn't come naturally mm. so i feel like um when you enjoy that kind of stuff it also makes you more of a an appealing artist to, yeah. to a fan like i even though I've got, like for Talamanca, for example, even though that, that's a big tune, I still don't feel think that I have a fan base, which is pretty weird. Yeah. Like, there's not, I don't think there's any, like, hardcore Burns fans. Mm. They just, like, there's hardcore Talamanca fans. Yeah. But there aren't people that connect with me as an artist, because I don't think I really am, like, that kind of artist. It's more sort of... Yeah, it's hard to explain it, but that, no, I, you know, I get I'm that. Sure I'm sure there's like Will Clark fans, right? Yeah, because you've got like a a world around you yeah. as an artist, and you've got a sound yeah. for your stuff, and people really gravitate towards it and connect with it. Whereas for me, I don't think it's the same sort of thing. Mm. I feel like people there's people out there that love the tunes yeah. that i might have done but they don't know who's behind it <laughs> does that does that bother you not really yeah. i feel like that's just the way it is with me um and that's why i feel okay with with it because i'm doing the, the yeah. pop thing at the same time yeah. i don't feel the pressure to be like an artist anymore well, like I, I used to yeah because i i think that I think what you like from what you're saying is it's like you're not really fussed about performing and selling tickets and making sure that that is your whole income right because in a, in a situation like me like I have to sell tickets yeah to tour um yeah. to, to earn money because we all know that there's very little money in dance music on in streams um yeah. whereas if you're full-time gig is on the pop side of things and you don't have to tour then you don't yeah. have to build that up i guess yeah well i feel like i i think i gravitated towards the pop thing mm. because i knew that i didn't really want to yeah be like a full-time touring artist mm. i think because i had toured quite a lot up yeah. until like 20 20 16 17 or whatever like and i like i used to do a lot of shows with calvin harris yeah. like me and him would go on the road a lot together and i would open up for him and stuff and i was sort of making 
more like big room sounding music yeah. at the time. And I think I was just following what what was working yeah. at the time. Like I was getting shows and it was it was fine and I was sort of like going through the motions, but I wasn't necessarily enjoying the stuff I was making yeah. and I wasn't enjoying the shows that much either. Mm. And then that was when it kind of changed for me and I, I kind of had to like reassess it and think like, what do I really want to do? Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, I was just, yeah, I was just sort of like plodding along with being a producer, yeah. but not really enjoying the music. And that was when I decided to start making more music, writing more songs for other people. Yeah. Uh, and that, kind of sort of opened my eyes a bit to what I feel like I really am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not... I feel more like a producer than I do, like, an artist. Yeah. Uh, and I'm the happiest when I'm in the studio mm. making records for anything, just, like, for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I and just that- like the... I like the creative process of making songs for, for somebody else and trying to help develop an artist mm. um giving somebody a sound rather than giving myself one. yeah it's quite nice feeling no i, lo- so, yeah, I that- love that and and <clears throat> we don't need everyone to be want to be an artist right we need no. we need everyone to to be to be parts of the puzzle and i think it's really important and i think if everyone wanted to be an artist it'd be an absolute shit show out there yeah, um, there's be so many egos. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I love. I just, yeah. I think I just like being more behind the scenes. Like, mm. I don't like the idea of having to front something. Yeah, I don't want to be the face of it. Really, I'd rather just be the guy that like makes it and then yeah, lets go of it. You know, it feels quite nice to do that. Um, no, I love that. So yeah, I don't feel that pressure to have to be a touring artist mm. because I can I can make records for other people and let them do that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? totally. yeah. um, but I love dance music, like that's where I come from. And like my, my real passion when I'm making records is dance music. Mm. But, and that's where all of my sort of influences come from. So I don't think I'll ever like stop making dance records. Yeah. I just think that the whole that whole other aspect maybe just isn't for me well i think it's also in in the situation where you're in is that especially with like the ffrr stuff that you've been doing is that you have a great label behind you that can make the records as big as possible without you having to do any of the artist side of it right yeah and and i think (laughs) yeah i think that having that the the ffrr name behind it counts for a lot as well Yeah, yeah massively massively people because people there's people out there that will listen to the tune just because of the label yeah and and also labels like that have have a lot more power than just putting it out on a smaller independent um yeah they 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 have the the ability to put it on radio um which is great because you're making great records for the that that work really well on the radio as well Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you're right. Like you wouldn't have necessarily have the opportunity for it to even get into the radio's hands if you didn't have, you know, a team like yeah. that behind the tune. So it does count for a lot as well. Yeah, it's important. It's important, man. Um, 
Yeah, wicked. What's that? that? What's good about Andy and FRI is he's just like very passionate about the music. So yeah. he doesn't care about anything else really aside from the songs. Yeah. So he's just he's just looking for records that he really connects with personally as well. So I think, and you can tell that from the way he talks about the tunes and the, the way he gives notes and stuff like he's like super music head guy. Yeah. He's not, he's not one of those label exec people that doesn't know much about music. music. Yeah. And there is a lot of those people. There's, there's a lot of numbers people, isn't there out there? Yeah. Yeah. But he's definitely the other side of it where he, he really cares about the music and sort of the legacy of the label, I think. Yeah. So, that's good to know as well that he's he's more focused on that mm. than he is like trying to get me on TikTok or whatever. You know what I mean? No, I think it's really <laughs> important. I think it's really important, and realistically, like in they're taking the old the old school approach of the record label is that yeah. they're actually doing what a record label should do, um, yeah. which is mad nowadays because it, it doesn't happen. Um, yeah. and a lot of record labels give a record two weeks and then bin it off. And mm -hmm. as an artist, as a producer, as somebody making music, when you've spent all this time on a record and then the label gives it a week, two weeks for it to potentially do well, like, and then forget about it because they're onto the yeah. next. It's, it's kind of, I think that's, <laughs> that's what creates formulaic music because it then mm -hmm. makes people have to make music that's going to fit within the realms of what everyone's listening to. Yeah, you're right. I think people start getting in the mindset of uh, that sort of instant hit type stuff. Yeah. You know, it has to do this certain thing in order for it to work because that's what this tune yeah. did or whatever. Yeah, put a, um, put a 90s hip hop sample on it and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and you're, you're laughing. Get a Sierra acapella or whatever, <laughs> and we're good. <laughs> I tell you what, though, that that do it record from a craze. It's, oh, it's a massive tune. It's pretty fucking good. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. he's he's done what a lot of people were trying to do very well. Yeah, yeah, you can't deny that record. No. Man. Big. It's massive, and it for some reason I just sing it all the time and don't. I don't even. I don't think <laughs> I've it's listened. So yeah. it's like nursery rhyme. Da, 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 yeah, da, just like pure nursery rhyme vibes. <laughs> it's it so hard to write records like that as well. Yeah, man. That's why you just got to get the acapellas. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> you don't Love have it. to write it then. Yeah, definitely. If you if you got um if you got any music coming out any more music coming out as burns or are you taking time out yeah i mean we did with ffrr we did a deal for sort sort of like four records or something so yeah. i think i've got another one coming we're just trying to figure out what's cool is when when i made talamanca and those other tunes i made a few like i made like a bunch of tunes mm -hmm. and they're all kind of decent ideas i think so we're trying to figure out which one is next. the next one. Yeah. Um, How nice is I'm that? A... How nice is that though to have all your options there 
and to be like, okay, I this is great, but I need to work on it a little bit more. But I d- you're not having to go into the studio and have the pressure to write a bunch of music just yeah. to please somebody, really. It's good, but I'm I'm also one of them guys that hates having to finish something. I'd rather start something new. I can relate know? to that. I can massively relate to that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's really annoying because you end up with loads of unfinished music as opposed to just one really good finished song. Yeah. <laughs> but um... but I, I also think for me is like I finish a record pretty quickly and then I know that it could have like an extra 10%. And yeah. for me, it's getting that extra 10% is That's the thing. Hard. Like I'll do... I'll do a tune in a day, maybe, if yeah. it's that kind of record, and I'll bounce it out, and then I'll just live with that bounce for so long. Yeah. It's really difficult to go back in and tweak stuff. I agree, I agree. I kind of, like, love the one-day bounce. <laughs> um, so there's a few tunes like that where I've had them on my phone for a while, and, and they're, they're good, but they need, like, finessing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so it's, hard to, to go in finesse. It's this like yeah. weird feeling when you're like almost opening the project up again and you're like, so what the fuck do I do? Yeah, and more often than not, I'll do that and then close the project down and just <laughs> start open up a new one. <laughs> start something else. Yeah, definitely. But also what I, you probably do the same thing as well, is I always love the last thing I made the most, even if it's not as good as the thing that's it's not finished. Else, yeah. And I always think it's the best thing, but it's probably not. It's like, I'll make something brand new, like, this is the next single, like, yeah. the idea is so cool. And then I'll send it to Andy, and he's like, nah, just finish the one from before that's really good. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I can't, um, I just can't finish it that easily. Yeah. <laughs> I have to start new stuff. No, I feel a, you on that. I feel you. It's, yeah. it's, it's good, though. I think it's nice because it especially being able to work quickly you can have a lot of ideas and yeah you just got to put a bit of extra work in which mm-hmm. it, it does suck though it does definitely suck finishing finishing stuff is the hardest thing yeah yeah finishing mix down that's the that's the bit that i struggle with and it's like <laughs> it's easy for me to like finish somebody else's record cuz i'm like yeah. oh you need this this has to happen here. This needs to do this. This needs to do that. But then when it's in my own record, I'm like, no, I, I like this. Like, why does it? It doesn't need to be finished. It's done. I'm the same. I can definitely finish something that isn't mine. Yeah. But it's for me. It's again. I think it's like the pressure thing. Yeah. Like I, I'm scared to finish my own do you ever get do you ever get to the point i'm i'm doing a remix at the moment and it's like i've got the like the body of the remix that i'm like this sounds dope and now i have to like arrange it and everything and i'm like i don't want to arrange it it's annoying yeah because it's like i love that thing where you get the the sort of idea down and you you just listen to that for like two days (laughs) Yeah, like I'll just go back in and be like, yeah, this is good. But, but just never never arrange, like never do the intro or the outro yeah. or any of that. Just the middle bit is good. And I know it's good, so I'll just leave it for yeah. a while. It's, it's, it's interesting, that. It's definitely interesting. dude. It's definitely just... like a common thing. Yeah. 
Um, we've just done an hour and 20 minutes. Let's wrap this motherfucker wow. up. Yeah, it's flown by. Um, oh, thanks for coming on, man. It's been really good to catch up. It's been really good to catch up. No, man, I've enjoyed it. It's been good to get to speak to you over a non-text I know, vibe. right? Likewise, likewise. <laughs> we'll have to catch up when I'm in LA next. I think I'm in LA in January. Um, yeah, hit me up. You need to come to the studio. Whatever. Yeah, definitely. Things. January the 15th, I'm playing in LA as well. Um, Wicked. But I'll be, I'm finally going back to Europe. Oh, are you? Chris, which will be the first time I've been back in Europe for two years. No so. way. What? Are you coming to England? Yeah, see the, to see my family. Yeah. I haven't seen them since like the whole COVID thing. So You're taking the kids over. Uh, yeah, and they haven't even nice. met my kids yet. Yeah. So it's, it's wild. But, um, so yeah, I'll be back mid-January. So yeah, just hit me when you're here. Yeah, man. Sounds good. good. Sounds good. Right, mate. Um, let's do the promo bit. How can people follow you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I better get my TikTok set up. Get it in, isn't it? <laughs> Um, Instagram is just Burns Music Sick. and that's it uh, there's Twitter as well which is the same but I don't use it <laughs> Twitter <laughs> Twitter's a wild yeah, I, don't go, I don't go on Twitter at all anymore but all I right. feel like people do use it still a lot people but... people love Twitter but I just I post and ghost on Twitter I like post and just get the fuck yeah. out of there and just just let it do its thing the only time I go on there is to see to like find stuff out like yeah, uh, like if, the news. If something's going on, I'll like search it on Twitter to see what the gossip is. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> I use it as like a news feed and that's it. Gossip column. Yeah. Dude, keep safe. Um, have a great Christmas yeah. as well with the family and I'll um, speak to you soon. Yeah, man. Appreciate Peace, it. Man. Speak Peace, man. Bye, mate. Peace. And that's a wrap. Big love to everybody that's listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, have a great Christmas. Keep safe. Do everything that you want to do. Make the best time with your family and friends or whatever you're doing. Keep safe and I'll see you next time. And also, thank you so much for listening um, this year. It's been it's been a good one. Um, we've got one more podcast to end the year out. Uh, make sure it's a good one. Big love. <laughs>